This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Christina, yeah, right? we are almost a month away from your due date. Holy How are you feeling? Crap. When you say that, it's really scary. It's crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy. Mostly just because I'm like, when I found out I was pregnant, it was March. Do you know how far away December sounds in March? And now the fact that it's a month away, it's like less than a month away. It's crazy. It's so wild. I am so excited. I'm feeling good. It was so funny. I was listening to Steve talk to his friend the other day. And his friend's sister-in-law is pregnant. And he was saying how she's been like so crazy and stuff like that. And I guess, and then all of a sudden I hear, no, Christina's been like really cool and chill and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, like it was really, I feel like almost like a little too chill, to be honest with you. Like I'm not worried enough. Well, that's what I was just, I was talking to one of my best friends, Erin, and she was like, how's Christina feeling about everything? And I was like, honestly, she hasn't been like, she's been so chill. Like, I'm like, there hasn't been anything like you haven't been super crazy. You haven't been... I don't know. I'm like, she doesn't even seem that stressed about having, pushing a baby out of her vagina. I'm like, but you're just the most like chill person. Pushing a baby out of my vagina is like the least thing. The last thing. I'm not worried about that at all. Like, I mean, people are like, what's your birth plan? What's this? I'm like, I don't, I'm going to just have a baby. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just feel like you can't stress about that stuff because when you try and make plans like that, like my friend had a birth plan and then like didn't go the way she wants and she ended up having a C-section. She was like, we're done, all this stuff. I'm like, you just can't worry about it. As mm-hmm. long as I'm healthy and the baby's healthy, like I'm not trying to stress about that. Like whatever happens, happens. It'll be yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll just all work itself out. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty like confident. And to be honest with you, I was so sick the first and second trimester. Mm-hmm. The fact that like I can eat food now. And I'm not nauseous and I'm not throwing up randomly on the street or in the car. I can't believe I just you feel that. weirdly, I feel like the best I felt my entire pregnancy. So I guess I'm just enjoying that. And guys, we'll have a baby soon. We're in the final countdown. I know. But Ray, what about you? I mean, you're about to leave for Denver. You're going on a trip. Are you so excited? Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm going on a little weekend getaway to Sonoma this weekend. And um, I'm preparing to go back to Denver for a few months. I'm just, I think I told uh, some people that I was at my hairstylist and she asked me, how are you feeling about everything? I've been thinking about you being alone during this time. No, she was doing it in a nice way. She was like, I've just been thinking about you because I know you live alone and you're alone. And let's say alone one more time. Yeah. (laughs) Ryan is alone. We get it. But the tears just started welling up in my eyes. Like uncontrollably. And then I had therapy that afternoon and I could not even say the word lonely without crying. And I was like, holy shit, I'm lonely. So I was like, I just want to go back and spend some time with my family and be, I know this sounds weird, but like there are multiple days where I don't see people. Like I talk to you basically on the phone or over text every single day, but I don't physically see people some days. And I'm like, oh my God, this is taking a toll. So I'm very excited to go back and spend some time in Denver and go skiing and hang out with my family and 
just be doing the work from home thing from there. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you, honestly. That is going to be the best two months. It's going to be such a nice escape. I'm a little jealous that you get to be with your family for so long. Are your sisters going to be there too? Mm-mm, no. Okay. Well, they'll probably come for the holidays, right? At some point? I think so. I think things are kind of up in the air with everything going on. But, True. I mean, my only regret is that I'm not going to be here for the birth of baby. We don't have a name yet. So <laughs> I was like, baby, it's okay. we, as in I'm flumping myself and we don't have a name. We'll, we'll be FaceTiming you all the time. And honestly, I'm, that is the only thing that I'm starting to get a little worried about. I'm not going to lie is just with everything going on with COVID and mm. the baby. And we've obviously been super careful over the past several months. Um, but at the same time, I have not let COVID like ruin or like control my life. We've just been doing everything we can to be safe. Yeah. And it's the first time where I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I know our family is going to be out here and we're still going to be able to see them. Uh, but it, that has added a little bit of stress for the first time. Yeah, it's been a very stressful time. And um, that kind of leads perfectly into this episode because we are chatting with the QLC Girls Quarter Life Crisis. They are Caitlin, Amanda, and Morgan. And each of them is kind of an expert in the three pillars of wellness is what I'm calling it. Fitness, spirituality, and like wellness and nutrition. And they are just so full of knowledge. And we kind of chat about coping during high stress times and when life kind of feels like it's out of out of our hands um so we are very excited for you all to hear this episode yeah i think you guys are going to love it so should we get into it let's go Hello, everyone. We are so, so, so excited. Today, we have the QLC girls on the podcast. We have Amanda, Caitlin, and Morgan. Hi, you guys. Hello. Yeah. So before we get started, we kind of wanted to see if you guys can give a little intro to yourselves and how, just a little background on each of you and then how QLC formed and how you guys all came together. So go, Caitlin, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we are the QLC girls, and our podcast is all about talking health, wellness, figuring your shit out. And the three of us, um, we came together in a time that was super aligned for all of us. I have known Amanda since I moved to Los Angeles. We met at a pure bar studio where she's an instructor, and I worked at the front desk as a girl that just needed a job. And I met Morgan through the Big Brother community, which was something that she was on before I was on. So Morgan and I have reality TV in us. Morgan does the fitness guru shit. I'm the life coach and Amanda's the registered dietitian. And with that, we have QLC where, again, we're talking all things health, wellness, figuring your shit out. And then we have gone guests. So sometimes we'll have on reality stars. Sometimes we'll have on TikTokers. Sometimes we'll have on really important, special people that we have absolutely no... Um, we have... We have no worthiness to, to them, but they come on anyway. And that's really that's really it. We've been around for a year and we fucking love it. Yeah. I don't know what else to add. <laughs> yeah. You literally took um, all the words out of my mouth, but well, that is that is us. Way to go, Caitlin. I have nothing to add. We came up with the name over a glass of rosé before heading to the bungalow one Sunday fun day. And that's how Quarter Life Crisis was born. It's a bunch of crises and shit. Yep. <laughs> I yep. love that. Amanda. So I will, I, what, th- something that I love is that you guys kind of have like your own like little expertise, right? Like, mm-hmm. so how does that kind of play into each other? 
I think that it works perfectly because whenever you think about wellness or health and wellness in general, it's different to everybody, first of all, because of our where we are in life, socioeconomics, everything. But the things that are the basis of that is your emotional and mental health, your um, actual nutrition, food, diet, overall health, and then your physical health. And so I feel like all three of us with our expertise fit together to help blend what health and wellness is in a big variety of ways. And so I feel like those three things are the main ways that we can be healthy throughout our lifetime. And so I feel like it was just all meant to be like coming together in a perfect little little glove. You guys are like the full (laughs) mind, body and spirit approach, which is so important. I feel like right now, honestly, like Ray and I have talked a lot about this too. The past like several months have just been so freaking hard for everyone. How have your philosophies towards like health, mind and spirit kind of changed for each of you during this time? And like, how have you kept yourselves and each other sane whether it's like going work working out have your nutrition plans changed how are you like staying focused spiritually Morgan what do you think well for me especially um my business kind of launched during quarantine because all these people are stuck at home your gym shut down your fitness class shut down you're stuck at home with nothing to do nowhere to go no one had weight you could Amazon was sold out of every piece of fitness equipment known to man. So it's like all these people who are going crazy at home. So that's where I kind of jumped in. And I was like, I want to help these people as best as I can, because I know for me personally, once I get the endorphins flowing, once I start sweating and working out, I feel like a brand new person. And if I didn't have that in my life, I would be miserable. I'd be stressed out. I've talked about it before. I'm super high anxiety. That's something I've dealt with my whole entire life. So I use fitness to combat that. So that's kind of where I stepped in during quarantine. And I was actually mind blown the response that I got. It's really what led me to launch my Move Like Morgan business because I had no idea people would have this interest about working out from their living room. Like my boyfriend made fun of me all the time. I would be in his TV room, like doing planks on the carpet, not even a a mat. He's like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm just trying to stay sane. So that's kind of where I was at during quarantine. It really saved me. And I know it helped a lot of other women too. Yeah, I'd say for me, as far as like the coaching is concerned, it was really scary in the beginning when the pandemic first hit in March. um, My clientele kind of stayed the same. Um, At that point, there wasn't a lot of financial struggle just yet for people. Um, It was just the beginning and it was confusing. And it was it was a, a lot of figuring out where your faith lies within the situation and what to do and how to stay positive and aligned during this time. And then it hit a, a part of the pandemic where um, people weren't making their mental health necessarily a priority because they couldn't afford it. And then somewhere along the way, it picked back up again because it was like, holy shit, this is all I have right now. All I have is my mental health, my spiritual health, my well-being. Um, so as far as my personal experience with this it's it's really interesting when you have to coach someone but you're also like experiencing it at the same time so i felt an overwhelming pressure to figure that out within myself very quickly which is something that i feel very lucky that i can do regardless it's not that i don't experience fear or negativity or sadness my my turnover rate is just much faster than most because i'm able to to use that positive perspective um but something that has been helping me during this time where I think you asked the question, like, 
where, where has your view st- stood on like how important this is? And I think it's just validated what I already know, which is the fact that I believe that having something to believe in is important. And I don't really resonate with people that don't have a belief system, whether it's of God or the universe or whatever the case, whatever it may be. Um, this time, particularly, I think a lot of people have shifted their mindset to maybe if you were an atheist before, or you didn't have belief in anything. You, you kind of want to believe in something now and you, you kind of go to that. So I think, yeah, for me, it's just been strengthening my, my belief in what I already think and um, trying to stay aligned with, with faith. And Caitlin, what kind of coaching do you do? Yeah. So right now, yeah, no, you're fine. So right now I do just general like women's empowerment coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of my clients these days came from a group coaching program that I'm actually finishing the first one from called spiritually single. So it's like women that are basically trying to figure out what's next as far as inner and outer love is concerned for them. Um, Some of my clients are not from that, from that position at all, but it's basically about finding your purpose within this world and like aligning your values to how you live out your life. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just been as far and I'm a meditation instructor as well. So the meditation, I also find I'm getting a lot of like, DMs about recently. People are like, I want to meditate. I don't know how. Like, I don't know what to do. And I love that people are getting into that because it just shows that people are taking their their mental and emotional health more seriously. Definitely. And Amanda, what about you? You're kind of the nutrition pillar. Is that what you would call? Yeah. Yourself? I'm the nutrition pillar of this yeah. house. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, food was hard to come by. And so um, that so was true. a very scary place. And I think that um, for me, I, we talked about it on our podcast where it was like things that have changed was that I used to care about, I still do care about like the dirty dozen or the clean um, 15 and things like that or the clean 10, whatever it is. But m- focusing on what you should Wait. buy organic. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. I, I don't say, know Wait, those, what is that? Those are very messy <laughs> and interesting, but I have no idea what the heck you're okay. talking about. So every year, the Environmental Working Group, they put out a list of the Dirty Dozen, which are the um, list of 12 fruits and vegetables that are the highest in pesticides or oh, I'm scared. Um, like that. No, no, no. It's not <laughs> anything to be scared about, but it's just more like, and then the clean um, 10 or whatever or clean 15, they put out the ones that like have the least amount of pesticides that you don't necessarily need to buy organic in these. So like uh-huh. avocados are always numero uno in the clean. Mm-hmm. Strawberries are always number one in the dirty desert. Interesting. Um, and Interesting. so it's just, it's just a list for, and I use it as a lot of people kind of get scared by it where it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't eat these things, but it's more so just an education for you to be able to say, oh, I can now go to the grocery store and see where I should invest my money in organic if I want that fruit or vegetable versus a conventionally raised um, and use your budget. But at the beginning, I'm a very avid organic strawberry buyer. Ellis loves strawberries, but organic strawberries were not able to be found. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, it was more so like, get what you can and eat it. Like eating and providing your body with food is more important than these lists or following a certain like quote unquote clean eating lifestyle. Um, just getting food was hard. And so I think that at the beginning of the pandemic, um, just trying to educate people on 
not understanding that it's okay. Just, just feed your body, mm-hmm. give your body nutrients. Like that's the most important part. Um, obviously be mindful to try to protect your immune system and build up that immune system in your gut and all of that stuff. Um, and now just kind of going into the maintenance part of guys, we, we got this scare and it's still here and we're entering another season of flu and colds and things like that. And so just trying to educate people and maintain just a level of balance where we don't have to eat perfectly, but we just need to be taking care of ourselves and providing our body with the food it needs. And I think I've seen a lot, and I think maybe, Christina, you have too, in our realm, a lot of pressure that has come around quarantine to either become like the fittest you've ever been in your life and to help them like lose weight and come out of quarantine looking like, you know, a new person, you've got everything figured out, but also doing this during one of maybe the most emotionally trying times we've ever lived through. And I just think it's amazing to have people like you who speak on all three of those things that so many women are struggling with and feel that pressure because obviously Morgan, you got, you provide workouts, which are so important for our mental health and just to take care of yourself. But we have to take away that pressure of becoming like losing, you know, 50 pounds in quarantine and coming out a totally different person. Cause 100%. Well, and something that I always say, and what I tell my clients the most, because my biggest bother, like with the fitness industry is you have to be skinny in order to be like fit. Like you have to be thin. I'm always going to be muscular. Like I have accepted that. I'm never going to be like this, like, you know, like just like super thin. I'm always going to just have muscles. I've always been like that. So I tell my people like strong is sexy and that's more how you feel less how you look. So I'm trying to like get people to shift that mindset. And especially during quarantine, I didn't want people to come out being like, I've got to lose 10 pounds. No, you need to work out. So you feel good. And if you gain strength, that's even better. Like it's a win-win situation. But for me, working out is more about how you feel. And if you feel strong, to me, strong is sexy. So that's kind of just the mindset I've always had. And to back off that too, Morg, which we've talked about on QLC like a lot, but I think that with fitness and with nutrition, there's such a... Like you were saying, Ryan, like such a pressure to like look a certain way or do a certain thing where I come from the perspective here of like forgiveness in the fact that the only thing that is important right now in this time of crisis is making sure that you do not get COVID-19 and you stay healthy. Nothing else matters. Your emotional health matters. But like, if you need to not fucking work out for a day and you need to not eat organic for a day, great. Who fucking cares? The point, sorry if I'm cursing. The point is avoid getting this virus that could potentially do damage to our bodies that we don't know what is going to happen. So I I really didn't like in the beginning of COVID when people were like, yeah, worried about like diet culture and fitness culture when it's like, literally cut yourself some slack. If you're laying in bed and doing work from bed all day, cut yourself some slack. This is different times. We need to adjust to what is being given to us. And your one responsibility right now is making sure that you do not contract the virus and spread it to other people. That's fucking it. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, um, I feel like Caitlin always brings home the like gauntlet and then I come back in and I'm like, yeah, and it's just, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamic here. Um, I the gauntlet and then Morgan and I are the like sweet 
voices behind. But the whole quarantine 15 or losing weight during quarantine or dieting and all that stuff, like, I think it's angered all three of us extensively because, well, I practice intuitive eating and just your body type is your body type. You can't change it. You need to just love it and just treat yourself like your body well with respect. And that includes nutrition, doing gentle nutrition, exercising, allowing yourself to have a moment of being like, you know what, my body doesn't want to work out today. And that's okay. I'm going to do something else for my mental health, or I'm going to do something else that will make me feel good. And so I think that that idea that you have to come out perfect from quarantine, which guys, I don't know if quarantine is ever going to end. So I mean, it's a nev- it's like, I think this is just showing us that it's not about the quick fixes. It's about maintaining a lifestyle that's actually beneficial to you and seeing what's important. And your mental health is important. Your overall health is important. And I think that hopefully people are seeing that this isn't something that's just to happen right now. Like, let's actually build blocks that will last you a lifetime to keep you healthy. So true, Amanda. I couldn't agree with that more. It's so funny because so many of the things that you guys have said, we obviously talk a lot about too. First of all, um, just being strong. Ray and I are both curvy, mid-sized women. Um, A lot of our audience are in that, have that similar body types. And we were training for a half marathon. We always joked around about like, you don't have to be skinny to be strong. You don't have to be skinny to be fit. And now even like with the, I actually never heard of quarantine 15, but I definitely understand that that was a huge trend. It's kind of like the same thing. And I hope this doesn't happen as we get into the new year with new year's resolutions, right? Where people just Mm -hmm. feel like they have to go a hundred, they have to do this, they have to do that. And then like everyone like falls off in a month because it's just, you're not setting realistic goals for yourself. And I think that's what, health and nutrition and fitness and like just mental health are all about are just creating like building blocks to help yourself on a daily basis and just showing yourself grace at the same time. Yes. And you said really well too when you were like um like achieving these not achieving what I want to say is achievable goals, but like to, to make these goals for yourself that are like maybe a little unrealistic when like it should be achievable goals that you should be setting for yourself. So like, Rayanne, I remember you said the other day on our podcast, you were like, some some mornings I'd wake up and be like, I'm losing 15 pounds today. Or like, you would just like wake up and be like, today's the day that I am losing a lot of weight when it's like, sure, great mindset, whatever. But it's like, that's not achievable. Like, mm-hmm. you're not achieving losing 15 pounds in one day. So to like, Really, and I say this to a lot of my clients too, we are starting our New Year's resolutions now because you could start that at any point in the year. It doesn't make a difference. But to get into a good mindset going into the new year is the most important thing to do and to set achievable goals. So in the beginning of each month, like for any of your listeners listening that like want something to do that they feel like can continue throughout the year and not just on New Year's, it's like the beginning of the month. It's the beginning of November right now. Like, what is something that is extremely achievable for you to to totally do within this month that you will feel by the 1st of December, wow, I'm really glad that like I did that this month. What, and it could be the smallest thing ever. It could be like joining a group discussion online or uh, investing in yourself and buying a fitness program, whatever the case may be. What is something that is totally achievable so that you can look back from each month and be like, I did that this month. This wasn't a waste. I didn't just sit on my ass. I did that. I did that. I did that. Wait, that's, I love that because 
sometimes I feel such a huge difference in myself when I actually write my to-do list out for the day and you just cross something off. It is the most liberating, like best successful feeling ever. But I do think that you're right in the beginning of the month, setting some goals for yourself is such a good idea. So wait, can we set them all right now? Yes. Okay, Amanda, what is your goal for the as a, as a side with the to-do thing, I want to say to Morgan, because Morgan is obsessed with lists. I saw the other day, I forgot the website, I'm going to have to find it. But there's these phone cases now. Have you seen these where you can write, you like, it's like basically like a... Like a whiteboard? Yeah, like a whiteboard almost, except it won't like get fucked up in your bag or whatever. And you write your to-do list on your phone. So you're like never forgetting it. I actually... Um, speaking of to those, why I need that, here's mine right here. It's very important <laughs> because, you know, I've had a late start, but I literally live with this little notebook in my purse. So I'm a firm believer in to-do list. Love a good goal. Um, someone else go first because I now have to think of my goal. Okay. So Amanda, what is your one goal for the month? My one goal for the month, um, I think as a personal goal, uh, I have a lot going on. I'm moving, starting a new job. I'm a mom. My husband works a lot. And I think my goal this month is to actually carve out time for myself. That is my self-care time because I've let that slip. And I think that this is like this month has to have it where every week I have an hour at least to myself. I love that goal. That is my goal for Mm -hmm. this month. You got that. Thank you. Caitlin, what's your Um, goal? My again, I'm in a very Amanda and I are in very synchronized places in our life right now as far as the move is concerned. And I'm someone that typically feels like um, sometimes I can be out of touch with reality from what other people think of like, no, like everything's working for me and the universe has my back and like everything works out the way it does, which I still genuinely believe to be true. That being said, that can sometimes cause me to put things off because I'll be like, it will align perfectly at this moment and I will know the answer. And I don't want to do that when it comes down to getting my shit, actual physical shit together and moving out. So every day, although it's only November 4th and the moving company is coming on November 28th, every single day, although it might seem early, I'm doing one thing to get me less stressed so that I can... Um, celebrate. My whole thing is at the end of the month, I have family out here and we have a house in Palm Springs and that's where we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving this year. And I keep getting a little worried that it's the, the Thanksgiving's on the 26th and like, or whatever day it is. And I'm not going to be able to go because I have a million things to do around here to, to pack everything up. So my goal is to make sure that I am totally good and and well-functioning so that I can go to Palm Springs for an entire day and it not be a big deal or hindrance to my moving thing. And it's as simple as that. Love that. Love that. Morgan, what about you? All right. So I have like a work goal and then a personal goal. So for my work goal, I want to do a challenge for my fitness people where they can have like a Thanksgiving challenge where they make a goal for themselves. So I really want to work on rolling that out because... I get motivated when I see other people make goals. So it's like, if I see all these people, then I'm going to be more motivated. So, and I know November is just a tough month for us all with the holidays and traveling and the election and all that. So I really want to roll out a plan where I can help my fitness people have a goal. So like a Thanksgiving challenge and my personal goal, because I'm a psycho and I, because I work for myself, I tend to not take a lot of time for myself. So I want this month to do one day a week where I just unplug So that means I know it's going to be hard, but no phone, no computer. Like I want to just relax and then unplug, 
that's going to be such a struggle for me. So someone's going to have to hold me accountable because I live with my phone in my hand. Um, you have to let us know which day that is so I don't worry. <laughs> I know. That's my story. So if, if I go radio silent, um, it is my day of being unplugged. We, we so. know that you're achieving your goal and you time like disappear. That. Morgan is working on herself today. Wait, yes. guys, what's your goal, <laughs> Ray? Honestly, you really put me on the spot here. I mean, I also am moving back to Denver for two months just for a short time. So um, I honestly have feel like very similar to Amanda and Caitlin. I just feel like I'm like trying to get there and then I'm like, I'll figure it out. So I'm just excited to spend some quality time with my family. I think I um, have found as I've gotten older, my some of my beliefs are different than my parents and it's very taken a very big toll on our relationship sometimes. So I am excited to spend some quality time with them and just um, work on that relationship. Um, and I'm really sad I'm going to be separated from my Peloton. So Morgan, I might have to do your Thanksgiving challenge. <laughs> Girl, come on. I just got a bike too, though. And I will say, I feel you on that. It's the most addicting thing. I don't want to leave my apartment ever. I'm like, I just want to what? I'll work for my bike. So I feel you on that one. I know I'm very sad to leave it. All right, Christina, what about you? My goal is to have my apartment ready before I, I give birth to this baby. <laughs> Mostly the nursery, as long as I can like have the nursery, which is like literally all boxes right now. My goal is to have the nursery done by Thanksgiving. So similar to you guys, I can just relax and enjoy and be like, you know what? Whatever happens, I am ready for this baby and on a personal note, my goal is to read a book. And I know that sounds really embarrassing, but like, guys, I just don't read. And I always want to, and I start to read a book and then I get distracted by my phone or something. So my goal is to read one book in the month of November. What's it going to be? Don't put me on the spotlight. <laughs> I like a good psychological thriller. Oh my God. I have 18 million suggestions for you. It's the only type of book I can actually finish. I would love to be like, I love self-help books. Now I read like a chapter and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm helped. I, that's but how like, I am too. We, I would love a psychological thriller. You'll have yeah. to send me a list. The Patient. I'm telling <gasps> every single one of you needs to read The Patient. And when you get to the end, message me because it, you'll be mine. It rocks my world. Wait, you read it too? Yeah. Do I you read have it? it? Um, that one was on my I do everything on my Kindle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's great. And then for our listeners, um, because we're all motivating each other right now, please go to our Facebook group and leave your goal in there too. We mm -hmm. can't wait to read through them. Um, okay, not to, I want to shift things up a little bit because we were talking so much about physical, nutritional, and mental health. And obviously, Caitlin and Morgan, you guys were both on reality TV, which I feel like can be take a serious stab at your mental health. You guys know I am a big brother super fan. I actually met Morgan. I think that was the first time we met, right? We went yeah, in the backyard, right? Yeah, in the backyard we did season 19 interviews together. Which was so much wow. fun. Um Morgan, you've done a couple different shows and Caitlin you were on Big Brother. So I want to let know just your overall experiences. Like one, why did you decide to do reality TV? Was it what you expected? And how do you feel about it now? So Morgan, you go first. Oh man. Okay. So um, I, this is such a, like a complicated question for me because if I had just done big brother, my answer would be a lot different, but right. So I did reality TV, not because I wanted to, not because I was a fan of big brother. I actually went on my season without ever watching it ever. I was not a fan 
my sister and my mom were super fans. And my sister was always like, you have the personality for it. You need to apply. I had just graduated college. I was working my first desk job. I was an assistant at a PR firm and I hated my life. And I came home crying every single day. So my sister was like, I'm so sick of you calling me and crying. So she sent me a tweet from a casting director. They're like, hey, if you want to be on Big Brother, like shoot us a message, apply. I sent him a DM and I was like, hey, I'm Morgan. And then the rest is kind of history. He fast forwarded me through the audition process. I did Skype. I flew to LA. I quit my job probably the next week. And then I ended up on Big Brother. So that was kind of my like step into the reality TV world. Um, what, what was the next question? All, I'm already- also for our listeners, Morgan won Big Brother too. So she <laughs> yes. had like a very good experience. <laughs> I didn't know you uh, could win that show. I've never seen it. I'm really sorry, guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't either. And they're two of my great friends. So. <laughs> okay, perfect. Amanda and I are on the same page. <laughs> well, well, three times a week, it is an aggressive show to keep up with. So I, I do not blame you. If you have a life, I totally get why you're not watching Big Brother three times a week. Yeah, but if you do have a life and you're entertained, you could also watch live feeds and watch it 24-7 too. So it just depends. <laughs> no how you I, um, I will say I did try to watch the live feeds when Caitlin was on because I was like, I'm going to support my friend. But then I was watching her lay in a bed and her <laughs> someone was like playing with her hair. And I was like, this is weird. I can't like sit here and watch my friend just lay in a bed. It's well, weird. That is weird. But you're also not doing Caitlin justice because Caitlin was so such live feeds entertainment. So I feel like lying in a bed. You deserve more. Than that, that, I know that is what I happened to happened upon to. that day. Well, I guess, yeah. Morgan, for you, how is your experience different from Big Brother to X on the Beach to the challenge because obviously three really different shows different audiences i don't know really that much about the mtv audience but i do know that the big brother audience is freaking brutal like when i go on yeah. twitter sometimes i'm like why why are why is everyone so scary and so mean did you have any of those experiences very much so so mtv is just a whole different ball game than big brother and what's nice about big brother is you're on for that one season and everything is live So you live it, you experience it, you get the hate, you deal with it, and then you move on. There's another season. With MTV, you film it, then you have to wait a whole year before it airs. So you know what's coming. You get the anxiety of like, oh my God, what's my edit going to be like? Is it going to be bad? And they're just brutal. I honestly, though, I mean, I kind of signed up for it because obviously I'm dating someone who is in the MTV world still. So there's just no escaping. But it was definitely a wake-up call because... Big Brother, it's a family-oriented show. Like, whether you want to admit it or not, it's very much more um, PG versus MTV. It's like, they don't give a shit about you, your feelings. If you think you are the golden girl, guess what? They're going to make you not the golden girl. So that was kind of the hard adjustment I had because I went from being so loved on Big Brother and then going to MTV thinking, well, this is who I am. So if I just am authentic to myself, then that's how I'm going to be shown on TV. And little did I know, um, they just don't care about that. So it was a big learning experience to kind of block out the haters um, and just focus on myself. I had a really, really hard time after X on the Beach and the challenge, um, kind of listening to myself and like figuring out who I was. Honestly, um, my boyfriend, and I'm so thankful I remember this to this day, he texted me. And with MTV, they really encourage you to tweet during the episodes. Like they want you to be involved. They want you to live tweet. They want you to play into whatever character character um, you are on TV. So I was 
over here like, all right, I'm going to do what they say. So I was tweeting and being a flirt and all this. And I remember my boyfriend texted me and he was like, Hey, as someone who's been on MTV for 15 years, he was like, I know who you are and you need to stop. Like you need to take a step back. You need to realize what's happening. And I just remember taking a step back and I was so thankful he said that. Cause that moment is like when I flipped a switch and I was like, you know what? This isn't me. MTV wants me to be this like flirty girl, um, this like heartbreaker, this cheater. And it's like, I'm not. So in that moment, he was shocked because I was like, thank you so much for saying that. And he was like, oh, I thought you were going to get so upset and be like, leave me alone. Let me tweet. Um, so it was just a big learning curve. Obviously, I'm very happy that I kind of came to the conclusion that reality TV is not for me because I think a lot of people in reality TV and Caitlin, you probably know from being on Big Brother, it's like once you get the taste of it, you want to go on and do more shows. You want to be in the spotlight. Like you're always craving that attention and that drama. And reality TV feeds on that. They want you to fight with people online, especially in MTV, because it's not like Big Brother where you're cast for one season. And I mean, except for all stars, you normally don't do it again. With MTV, it's like the more drama you start, the more arguments and scandals you're in, the more shows you get cast on. So it's just like this never ending cycle. And it's like, it's really hard for people to break out of that. So that's kind of my proudest moment is me taking a step back and being like, this isn't me. I don't want to do this. I don't like arguing with people. I get severe anxiety with any sort of confrontation. Like I'm not meant for MTV. So, so do you feel like that the challenge was your last show then? Um, I don't know. So I get that question. Oh my God. All the time. Everyone's like, Oh, will you ever go back? I don't think so. Not in the place that I am right now. I always say like, it kind of depends on where I am, but no, right now I want to focus on my business. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of MTV. I have no issue telling people that it's just not my favorite network. I don't think it's the most positive place to be. Um, I would do the amazing race. I would say that like, I'd love to go back and do a CBS show, but as for MTV, I don't know, not, not now. I would say I would not go back and do it. And Caitlin, how was your experience on reality TV? Um, mine was really different from Morgan's. Like, uh, she was extremely lucky, I think, to um, have the experience she did. And, you know, obviously she won, which is like not even like the takeaway really from your Big Brother experience. I'm right. sure that was the most. Although, honestly, I Morgan, you've said this before, but like, Sometimes it's like, who cares what the haters say? Like, I fucking won. So, like, you have something to take away from it. Um, for me, the reason why I ended up going on, and I've told this story a million times, and these girls have heard it, but um, I moved to LA in November of 2017. And it was really just because when I finished my certification to become a life coach, I felt that LA was much more in tune with that kind of work at that time than New York was. And I still think LA is more in tune with this work than New York is, but life coaching and meditation, all that stuff has only recently become kind of popular. So I just picked up and I left and I came, I came to LA and I moved in with my cousin who has always lived here. And, um, I just started to work and I got part-time jobs and I found out that there was going to be an open casting call for big brother. And, um, the reason why I even watched Big Brother is because many years ago when I had interned 
in LA for my cousin after my freshman year of college, he would watch the show three times a week. And I'd be like, I mean, this is like the only thing you're doing. Like, I clearly we have to bond somehow. Like, I guess I'm sitting down and watching this fucking show with you. And that was for season 15. So when I came back, and now I'm, you know, four years later, I'm staying with him. And um, I find out there's an open casting call. I'm like, how fucking cool is that? Like, I'm going to do something so Hollywood. I'm going to go to an open casting call. Like, I'm going to tell all my friends about it. And honestly, I was such a fan of the show that I was just excited to maybe see like one of the local players that would like show up online, like Paul or whatever. I was like such a fucking freak. So um, that's why I went and then they never stopped calling me. So it just became very clear that that was like the reason I'm like, everything was supposed to happen. But um, I am from a town and I was raised in a way where like, I'm normal and like have a lot of friends and people love me and I I'm just that person and I'm personable. So when I went into the show, I didn't assume that I would be taken any other way. Like I just I was like, I'm gonna be myself and everyone's gonna love me. Like it's gonna be great. And the second I walked into that house, the second I stepped foot, I forgot entirely who I was. Like I remembered who I was, but I I was so not aligned at all whatsoever with like who I really am at my core. And because of that, I made decisions and like everything that you saw like on the live feeds and the goofiness and like the extra shit, like that's all me. But the decisions I was making, the big takeaway for me was the fact that I had gone into the show with a boyfriend of four years. And when I got off the show... I didn't have a boyfriend. Like he had broken up with me in front of America basically before I even knew about it. And rightfully so, because I totally thought I fell out of love with him and had feelings for someone else in my cast. And I mean, it was like the second you took me away from my family and my friends and all the validation I would receive on a daily basis, I was like gravitating towards whoever would give it to me. And there was one particular guy that was giving it to me a lot. And for that, I was like really willing to like risk my relationship. And unfortunately, when I got out of the show, people, mostly most people that watch the show are like middle America, like, you know, super right and like not, they're, they're not exposed to like Jewish Long Island meditation and woo woo or as like, they don't get me. So I was like really fucking brutally ripped apart. Like, horribly and it's really difficult to even think about it and talk about it because it's like I was misunderstood misrepresented but people always say like did the show make you seem like you were different from who you were and the sad reality is no like they didn't my edit was like honestly kind like I really lost myself that much that like they did me a favor, honestly, by not making me look crazier than I did. And people make excuses for their behavior all the time. And the second I walked out of that house, I no one had to tell me. I realized like I never fell out of love with my boyfriend. I never fell in love with Tyler. Like none of that happened. It was really just the fact that I didn't fucking love myself enough. And I was seeking validation from places that I didn't need it. Like I if I really loved myself, I wouldn't have needed any of that. So the show for me, despite getting ripped apart and this and that, was the biggest gift because I had this opportunity now to rewatch myself and to 
really go over what was happening in my psyche and my brain and all this stuff. And because of that, I love myself a little too much that I don't need anyone, which is like kind of shitty, but it's the truth. I've become more independent than ever before. I've lived by myself for two years. I have grown to be, I don't even want to cry, but like, I'm so proud of the person that I am and to leave here at the end of the month, um, having experienced everything that I did coming is like very beautiful for me and, and my journey. But yeah, it's shitty. The fans are shitty, but they're also fans that are great. And I will say they love people that take accountability. Mm-hmm. And because I was able to come off the show and be like, that was a fucking shit show. Like, holy shit. I was a psycho. People like really resonated with that, which is why I do still have a lot of fans, but yeah, it was fucking nuts. I, well, thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. And I think just listening to you, obviously most people haven't been on reality TV, but what you just described of kind of losing yourself and seeking that validation and having that realization, like, Oh shit maybe I really need to work on this relationship with myself. So many people, especially our audience can relate to that. So how did you kind of, what were a few things you did to like come back from receiving all that hate and feeling so lost within yourself? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. It, it was something that I'm very lucky enough that I, I'm extremely self-aware. Like you didn't know one had to tell me this, no one had to tell me that I might seem like a little, off the beaten path, but I know exactly what I'm doing at like all given moments. So to be able to acknowledge, first of all, that I was lacking in validation within myself was the first step. You have to acknowledge where you're at. You have to acknowledge, does it feel better to get acknowledgement and validation from someone else than it does myself? And if it does feel better to get it from someone else, that's a problem. And then you're going to say like, well, what do you do to, to make it less of a problem? You need to be so uncomfortable by being alone. And like being alone changed everything. Because when you're alone, you don't have a choice. Like you have to rely on yourself for everything. And um the journey of loving yourself doesn't happen overnight. Like I stopped taking, I didn't take clients for the six, the first six months coming out of the show. And who I was as a coach was very different from who I am now, as far as coaching is concerned. When you get into coaching or fitness or nutrition, it's, I think sometimes we go into it and we're like, this is who I want to help. And then life comes at you and it becomes very clear that the person that you were supposed to help before is now very different from the person you're supposed to help now. And, um, that's that was really crazy for me because I was like, I don't feel comfortable. Who am I to be a mirror for clients to sort their shit out when I need to very desperately work on myself? So for that, I had a therapist. I had a life coach, my own life coach. Like I just did the work that I needed to do to really get in touch with what I was experiencing. And um, sharing and being vulnerable with other people was really how that helped. Um but yeah, there's no, there's, I, I can't say the one thing that changed it for me. It took time and it took um, a lot of self healing as far as meditation for me, seeking services outside myself, reading a lot of self help books and journaling a lot. And just, you know, that, that was really what it was. But if you are someone listening that is trying to figure out where you stand and, and loving yourself, just don't judge yourself if you're not there. And it's okay. You're not going to be there forever. Of course, I love validation. Like, are you kidding? If a guy, he slides into my DMs, is like, you're fucking hot as hell. I'm like, yeah, give it to me, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, we course. all love that. Right. So, but, but it's like, there's a difference now for me um, as far as do I like it or do I need it? And I don't need it anymore. Um, I like it and it adds value to my life, but I don't, 
I don't need it at all. Like I validate myself daily. Um, and that's the most empowering thing that I got out of my experience. I mean, for me, like listening to you say all this one, thanks for being so vulnerable because I, as a fan, like I watch it all play out, you know? So it's so interesting to hear your perspective on it. And also I think that's a a really good lesson for everyone to one, stop hiding from yourself, from your flaws, from, because I think it's so easy to like place blame on someone else. Right. And just be like, oh no, like that edit or like, or I got into a fight on with my friend and place blame on your friend or place blame on your boyfriend, your husband, or, you know, everything. But um, to really hold yourself accountable is something that's very difficult to do and something that I think that we can all strive a little bit more to do. Um, 100%. It's like, you're so right, though. It's like, I could have easily left that situation. And don't get me wrong. I still, I mean, I'm so past it. But like, when I say the thing about Tyler, for example, it's like, I'm very self-aware and I'm also not like unrealistic. I knew very well that like my heart was going elsewhere, but I didn't make it up. Like I didn't make it up. Like the things that him and I would talk about when like the cameras were down and like the way he'd hold my hand under a blanket, I didn't make those things up. So what was very difficult was coming off the show being like, you're a fucking psycho. Like he never liked you. He only loved this person the whole time. It's like, no, I wouldn't have risked my relation. I would not have ended the most incredible relationship that I've ever had in my life if I didn't really think that this was a, a working thing for me. And it's very, it could have been something where I went out of the show and, and gave a laundry list to my followers of all the reasons why, no, that that was not fair for him to do that to me. He played me, if, that, if he really didn't feel those things and he played me like that on a game level, he's the worst fucking player in history none of that even matters anymore. Like what matters is how I showed up for it and how I responded to it and how I changed from it. None of the other, none of the other people fucking matter. They just don't. Absolutely. Amanda, do you ever listen to uh, Caitlin and Morgan stories about reality TV and are like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do a reality show. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) they always tell me that I would be a really good player on Big Brother, but there will never be a chance that I would be on reality TV. Um, That was never something that was a, a thought of mine. Outside of like, so you think you can dance? That was the only show. There's still time. There's still time for you to make it on. So you think you can dance? I have high hopes. There's not because I'm adjacent. They have a cutoff of age. Oh my god! Don't. If Sean Spicer can be on Amanda, you have 20 years to make it. It's fine. (laughs) 30 is the cutoff for so you think you can dance. Oh, I fucked up. The stars. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's definitely hope for dancing with stars. Well, I would have to be a star because I'm not a pro. Right. Okay. Well, you there's time for you to be a star, Amanda. Can yes, I like that, Morgan. <laughs> Let's work to that. That's the goal is for me to become a star so I can be on dancing with the stars. Okay. Uh, you guys like are it. are obviously like in all different stages of your lives and relationships. Amanda, you're married. Mm-hmm. Uh Caitlin, you're single, correct? And Morgan, you're in a relationship. How does that dynamic kind of play into each other? Do you guys like feed each other for advice? Are you, Caitlin, are you like, okay, let me ask Amanda and Morgan for dating advice because they're married and dating? Or or do you guys give Caitlin all the advice too? I know like that's kind of how we are with like (laughs) Ray and I. I'm always like giving her advice or giving her like my unsolicited opinions on things. Uh, How's that dynamic for you all? 
I think I Kyle gives unsolicited advice to yeah, I think Kyle's <laughs> is that, that's your, Kyle's your husband? Kyle's my husband, yes. My husband gives unsolicited advice to actually no, me ask him. I ask Steve. Steve and I have some good chats about men and how I'm confused <laughs> I am. So anyway. But yeah. Caitlin, I think it's different because Amanda and I haven't been on like dating apps. Like Obviously, Amanda, you are married to Kyle for a while. You met him organically. I stumbled upon Johnny from a reality show. So it's like, as much as I want to be like, here's my dating advice. Like, I don't really have any good dating advice. Like, I wouldn't really want my advice. So, Caitlin, I have your own advice. And yeah, and to be honest, I was just going to say, like, I don't ask for advice. And I also don't need it. Like, I wouldn't take it. Even if like my dating life has been, I feel so blessed and so lucky to be able to connect with so many incredible people. Like the boyfriend I had for four years that I literally thought I would never find anyone like him ever again. I've had two boyfriends since then. And although they've been like really like short periods of time and they all have the same name, unfortunately, um, it's been like, these are people that added so much value to my life and I love so dearly as just like people in general and always will and will be friends of mine but I am a relationship person like when I'm single I'm very fucking single like I'm fucking around and I'm talking to whatever but I I know myself and I connect with people very quickly and very strongly and um I I just feel very lucky I feel like I attract um very special people into my life. So I don't even know that I would take or need dating advice because again, I also come from the spiritual perspective of like when I go through a breakup, let's say, or something doesn't work out, I like to think that you don't end up with the person that you're not supposed to be with. Right. So like when things don't work out with the person that you were like, wait, I thought they were my husband. Like, and now it's not working out. So you need to tell me that someone better is on their way. And you're like, how the fuck could someone be better? Like, I literally, I thought that this was it. This was the one, but you need to tell me someone better is on their way to me. Like, I just get really excited. So when I think something's working and then it just doesn't. And then I think in the back of my head, like, Oh my God, like who the fuck are you going to give me next? Like it's, it's exciting for me. I don't know. That's Wait, an amazing I, positive outlook. That just like actually that. gave me goosebumps. I think I also have goosebumps because Christina keeps her apartment really cold, but wow. <laughs> I'm like sweating Caitlin, right over here. That was like, because me coming out of a breakup with someone I was with for eight years thinking that that was going to be the person I was going to marry like that is crazy I've never thought about it in that way and wow I needed that no that's a great 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 perspective it'll change your life because now anytime something doesn't work out with someone even if you're just like talking or going on a date you're like and I say this on our podcast and QLC and so many other platforms but I genuinely believe that a man's rejection is God's protection so like anytime you get rejected by someone or even if it's not even a boyfriend, if it's a friend, if it's whatever, it's like, say thank you because you weren't strong enough to X that relationship out yourself. And now it's like, you don't have a choice. Like they left you like, great. I think we should use that mindset, honestly, not even for dating or guys. I think that should be for everything, whether everything. it's like lost opportunities, jobs, whatever. Exactly. Uh, Morgan, what's it like for you? Because you're dating a very public figure. I feel like when you first started dating Johnny, I remember this because we were like gold working out together and you were like, it, it wasn't public yet. And I think you were, I remember you being super nervous about that. So how's that dynamic been for you? 
I mean, I won't lie. It was definitely really hard because you can feel a certain way. Um, but you have to deal with public opinion. And all of a sudden, the second you open up to the public and you're on Instagram. And yes, we shared a couple photos here and there. But as soon as you do that, you open the floodgates for everyone to give your opinion. And as much as you want to be like, I'm strong, it doesn't matter. Like those opinions affect you over time. Um, so it definitely was very difficult. Also, he's one of the bigger people on MTV. So when people see him, it's really easy to get a storyline from him by starting rumors or attacking him, stuff like that. And he kind of warned me from the get-go. He was like, I, I hope you know what you're getting into. And I was like, yeah, I got it. I'm fine. Like, whatever. People don't face me, but... I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't face me. So that was really hard. I'd say the first year. Um, now I feel like um, more people have accepted it. We're more comfortable and confident where we are in a relationship. So now I don't have to deal with um, the hate and the comments as much. But still to this day, it's like if I don't post an Instagram story with him over like the course of three days, I get a flood of messages being like, do you guys break up? What happened? Oh, I don't see Johnny in your stories. Like, what's the tea? And I'm like... I would love if everyone would just kindly stay out of my life. I love my followers. I love interacting with you guys, but it's just a lot of pressure. And then you see yourself and you're like, okay, well, God forbid, say something does happen in our relationship. It literally makes me nauseous the thought of possibly having to then explain that to social media, which I know at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, but it's the world we live in. Um, so yes, it's, it's definitely added its challenges. People are always like, oh, if you could go back and date someone not in the public eye, would you? And I would absolutely like, I love Johnny to death. He's an amazing person. But if I could choose the other way, 100%, because then you can focus on just your relationship with just two people instead of focusing on a relationship now with a million people all of a sudden wanting to put their two cents in. So it's difficult. And I give any couple that does a reality show together, I give them mad props because we obviously we're not doing shows together. I'm just dealing with like him doing a show. I support him, but anyone who shows up on a show together and survives by all means, I give them that props. That's really interesting because Steve and I were just filming something with a production company about like we were, we're flipping a house. This is the first time I'm sharing this by the way. Um, But, and anyways, we were talking about like, people are always like, you and Steve should do a reality show. You and Steve should do a reality show. And it's so interesting to hear you say that because you think about like all these reality TV couples and there's, gosh, I, I can't even think about the amount of stress and pressure and opinions you have to deal with. And things like mm-hmm. sound so rosy and everyone like loves reality TV and loves watching in. But you're right when you, there's a, just enough stress that comes with being with someone and mm-hmm. like having a relationship, but then to like play it out in front of everyone and then to have to deal with everyone's opinions on it. That is, I get chills. That well, is scary. It works too, because as much as you want to be like, I'm ignoring these messages, they don't matter. I know it's not true. It still plants a little tiny seed in your head, whether you like it or not. And it's really hard to ignore that. So that's kind of the biggest struggle I have had is I need to focus on myself and my relationship. And it's like, these are the only two people that matter. The opinion of Karen in the Midwest does not matter. It is irrelevant. And I can't let that affect how I feel in my own relationship. It's really easy for him. He's obviously been on TV for 15 years. So someone could insult him every day of his life and be like, whatever. Whereas I get an insult. I'm like, Oh my God, my life is over. I don't know how to deal with it. So it's, it's been a learning curve. That's for sure. No, I mean, 
I, what Ray and I were talking about this before too, just even like being, having a somewhat of an Instagram following, right? Like it, it's so easy to let yourself get defeated and distracted by the one negative comment or the one person that questions you. And um, I think that people just need to mind their freaking business and you need to learn no matter what you're going through, as long as you're content with who you are and you are happy with the decisions you're making, that you just can't please everyone and that you just need to do what is best for you. And even if you're not a public figure, even if you're just like dealing with anything in your life, like you just need to be content with who you are and acknowledge who you are and be comfortable with your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100 yes. Yes. And the best way on that note is to kill them with kindness. So I don't know if you guys ever get like mean and nasty comments. I'm sure um, having a following you do. But I've noticed the best way to respond is like, obviously, you can ignore them. But anytime I respond with kindness, and I'm like, even if they're like, Oh, my God, your hair is hideous. And I'd be like, Oh, my God, thank you so much, Kathy. That's so sweet of you. And their response back because they just don't know how to respond when you're being kind to them. I always get an apology. I always get, oh my God, I never thought that you would see that. I'm so sorry. I'm just unhappy with myself. So it is really funny. You have to remember one, kindness will always win. And the people saying nasty things, they're not upset with you. They're upset with themselves. So I always try and keep that in the back of my mind. Or just fucking block them and don't answer and be a savage bitch. Like, (laughs) fuck off. Fuck off. I don't even want you to follow me. Get out of here, you crazy loon. Amanda, what approach do you take? No, to my many followers. Um, uh, No, I think that uh, learning from them, like they have had to deal with a lot of stuff. I've had to deal with non-public figure stuff. And I think that where I'm at is more so both like kind of in the middle of these two ladies here where I just block people out that are serving me nothing uh, but heartache or stress. And I try to like, just be kind to the people that are lashing out. And I know that it's because of hurt. Um, And I think that I'm also at a point of, I get annoyed with people whenever they decide to say things like that, mean comments, or they just take it upon themselves to start rumors, like with being in the public figure, like Johnny, but um, where it's like, but why is it your decision to bring out any information. And I think that people forget that words carry a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And anytime words are said, as strong as you can be, deep down, they're still with the person you said it to. Mm -hmm. It's still there. And it's not okay. And so it makes me mad that people say that, like some of the things that people have said to Caitlin, like it makes me mad that people have said that to her, even though she is so strong they're still words. Mm -hmm. They still are there. They carry it with you. Like she still carries what people say, even though it's not affecting her day day to day. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of this thing I saw that said, not everyone deserves to have access to you, protect your spirit. And I think that's true with everyone in your life, whether it's family, friends. Um, I think that was a good reminder for me the other day, but it was so great to talk to you guys. You are incredible. I feel like I learned so much and you guys are just fun girls to chat to and we are so thankful that you took time out of your very busy day everyone's moving and big life <laughs> things so thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and we actually did a podcast swap with the QLC girls so you can head over to their podcasts and hear a conversation as well for like double the fun 
No, thank you guys. We appreciate it. And we cannot wait to follow along with all of your life moves coming up. Um, we'll make sure to leave links to their Instagrams and to their podcasts in the show notes as well. So make sure you go stock them and learn a little bit more about spirituality, nutrition, fitness, and all of the above. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Thank Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us.